0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to That Milan Podcast. We had to let our special guest today know that was the name of the podcast because he thought it was a totally different one. Um, But Santangelo is back as per usual. And our special guest as of today, if you are active on Twitter slash X and you do follow a lot of Milan accounts, you would know who this is. Um, We're just going to call him Saj today because that is his name. Um, But first, Santangelo, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Last day of work before a long extended vacation. So hopefully uh yeah, Milan can start uh my vacation off with a victory, which we'll get into, but I'm doing well, man.
0: Yes. Um and then Saj, obviously we've been we've been friends forever at this point. It's predating yeah. COVID at, at this rate. Um I remember when you initially were on Twitter, you had the Bart Simpson I right? Wasn't, it wasn't every that your profile?
2: I changed it every season just to keep it fresh.
0: <laughs> well, anyways, how are you? I think people, for the first time, certainly are hearing your voice. Um, I know what you look like and what you sound like, I'm, obviously, like I mentioned. But um, it's it's great to have you on. You're probably one of the more popular individual Milan accounts on Twitter at this rate. I think you definitely have more followers than Matt and I. Um, I can't really think of too many others, especially English speaking. So
2: They used to be, but a lot of the accounts have gone dormant. that makes sense? But
0: I, yeah. It's it, no, it's true because I look at like certain analytics and it says I'm at 12,000 followers already but it still shows 118 so that shows <laughs> how well Twitter works these days. Um but yeah. So your background is very interesting regarding Milan, right? Um and we'll get into the Dortmund Champions League and all these other topics but we just want to I just want to talk about you and your fandom for a bit. You started watching a little bit later on, like early 2010s, if I'm correct, right?
2: I became a religious Milan fan really later on. So once I started, started uni pretty much. So that's when I got influenced by my friends who were watching English football. But I really couldn't identify myself with uh, an English team. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, of course, Bo, because you're also, you were born in Italy,
2: though, right? I was born in Bologna. But my ethnic origins are Sri Lankan. So, so yeah, if, if it's not clear enough, my accent's kind of all over the place at the moment. So it's not really Italian, not really Sri Lankan, not really English.
0: Hey, hey, listen, again, you speak more languages than the average American does. So don't even worry about it, bro. Um, but yeah, um, Milan in general. So you've you've had kind of a wild ride at this point. So you don't remember too much of the glory days, if at all, or religiously, like you mentioned. So... Unfortunately, the best days you probably have seen have been in the past couple of seasons. So, uh, which has obviously been a roller coaster from the Scudetto, um, obviously just missing out um, with Inter that one year as well. And then obviously last year's a disaster. And where we are this week is probably one of the lower moment weeks that we've had since, uh, especially mm-hmm. since Elliot and Redbird have taken over. Um, so, we'll get into the Champions League match, fellas. Uh, Saja, I know you were able to watch this one and it did not go well. I was working, I was just getting fought mob updates. Um, So from my perspective, it was very frustrating. I was, I was pacing back and forth at work because there's also like premier league fans and all that. And uh, I saw we got rewarded the penalty. Giroux ends up missing it. He's missed his past two in the champions. League. he missed that one um, at the Diego Maradona stadium. Um, And then, Afterwards, not too long after, like what, four or five minutes after Milan concede a penalty and uh, Chuqueze levels it, he finally does something. I thought his goal was fantastic. I was able to see that. Um, And then everything unraveled. So, um, Saj, I'll start with you. What did you see from Milan in this that just... Kind of just makes you feel like nothing is going our way at this point. We're not even mentioning Chow was out, and we had to bring in Kroonich was the first option off the bench as a center back. So not only have Milan been weak defensively, they really imploded at this moment. So do you think this was just something that was bound to happen with the way Milan have been playing in
2: recent weeks? This is really nothing new now at this point. It's been the case for the past. Two months now, two full months now, where we've been playing really badly. Uh, in the last two months, since the start of October, basically, we've won three games. The only good game we won was the PSG one, but the other two games was the Fiorentina game last week, which was another snooze fest, where we won by just uh, by penalty. And the the win before that was the January shit show, yes. money swearing. and that was another horrendous display of football. So just three wins in the last two months. It's just, it's just disappointing to see.
0: And, and Matt, not all against top teams. Um, we're also talking about losses against Udinese, who were easily the worst squad in Serie A, besides like Empoli this season. Um, Milan come out flat in that one. Um, so like the form has been terrible, as you know. Did you get to catch much of the Dortmund match at all? Like what, what were your kind of takeaways from that?
1: Yeah, I um I caught pretty much most of the first half and then a little bit of the second half until the third goal came in. And I was like, all right, that's that's enough. We're down to our, you know, Rade Krunic and center back experiment. And at the, I was like, at this point, we're not going to do anything. No Rafael Leal. um, And yeah, I, I think, you know, look, I, I hate to harp on it and I hate to, you know, continue to fall back on, you know, the earlier results in the group stage, but that's ringing true here. I mean, you look at the fact that we're still mathematically still, capable of advancing to the knockout stages, despite how poorly we've played, despite how many points we've dropped. But I always go back to the first two match days where the first game against Newcastle, if you're thinking an extra two points there, well, now the conversation much different heading into St. James Park, right? Where you maybe only need a draw or, you know, you maybe not even need to win. You can just get a goal and you're maybe draw, right? So you think you really don't need too much. But now all of a sudden Milan needs um, a victory against Newcastle who, you know, shows they can play uh, at a high level in the Champions League at least, um, mm-hmm. and they need help from what is it? They need Dortmund. Dortmund Dorm-
0: needs to be PSG. Dortmund needs to win.
1: Yeah. So like, I, now, now, you, every time you do this, I, I, we had, we had a similar scenario a couple years ago, right? When we had the, the Porto Atletico Madrid group, Liverpool, where we're like, we needed a win plus something else in that final. We needed. Match. We
0: need. I think it was it was a draw between Atletico and Porto, at and we, right?
1: And now all of a sudden, you put it in the hands of other teams and. You know, we were on the outside looking in and we didn't advance, right? So, like, that's kind of where the conversation is. is that, you know, Milan were playing in those first two games. Their overall form was pretty strong, right? And I know yeah. uh, we talked about you know, the last three wins we've had over the past two months. But around that time of that Genoa game, we were still playing pretty well in the Champions League. We were getting results in ugly fashion. And we didn't take advantage of it in the Champions League. I think how do you take advantage of it in the Champions League? the conversation would be a little bit different heading into some of these other games, but now we need a full load of help in this. You know, I mean, God forbid we finished third. Now we're in the Europa league. And I had a conversation briefly with someone on Twitter and they were saying, you know, like, you don't really hope to not compete for our title. We don't have the capacity to compete over two, two fronts here. We, we simply don't. We're lucky if we can compete in top four and get that. So that's kind of where my head is at. And I mean, look, we, we all know that the, the squad is, you know, better than it was last year, but the conversation has been stemming around the, you know, the medical room being filled with new players every week, you know, key players being out for a sustained period of time. Kalulu's done. Uh, Malik Chow's out for a couple months now. Yeah, we're, we're we're, we're we're back today, today, but yeah. look where we're at. Like it's, it's, it's a dire time for us. We're in a crisis. I Latest? want to
2: give some credit to Milan though. That said, because, uh, even though we've been playing badly in the league, hmm. I don't think we really played that badly in the Champions League. The first game against Newcastle at home. No, uh, well, we were fine. Uh, yeah, we were, we were dominating. We should have dominating. won that game. Yeah. Even, even the game at Dortmund, I think. The second half was worked.
0: very good. The second yes. Adley was yes. subbed down. You're right. Yeah. Uh, even even the
2: uh, the the Dortmund game this week, I think Milan went really shy. I think we did go for it. But mm. just all went downhill the moment TL. They're playing
1: more cautionary football, and they knew that. See, like in those other games, we 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 kind of had this sort of aggressive mindset and wanted to set the tone. You know, twenty something shots against Newcastle. I don't know, Rafa yes. had that missed chance in front of goal, and the Dortmund game. You make a great point. Like away, we played pretty strong. So we yeah. we left so much out there in those first two games that I think in this match, given the in the injuries we've been facing, the. You know the the turmoil around the future of the coach. We kind of played a little bit more timid, and we were thinking, well, let's just try to get a draw, and, and and you'll keep this thing in front of us. And three goals at home is 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 pretty poor. Yeah, I
2: yeah. don't think we were as bad as last season when we got trashed by Chelsea, for example. Yeah, and kind of, frankly, lucked our way to a Champions League semi final. Does that make sense? I think this season we played much better, and it yeah. speaks volumes somewhat that we're still in in contention to qualify for the next round
0: yeah the best milan can do at this point is second place in the group um so obviously that's listen if they, they could still do it i don't think it's completely out of the question um is not going to be able to get called up to play in that one i think as long as you have Loftus cheek musa probably and reinders as a midfield three and then you can get Leao back somehow and Giroud should be good and Probably political play on the right wing, uh, considering form. But who knows with Chukwese right now? Um, for that, I think that's that you can get a you can get a win at Newcastle, uh, especially with the way we played against them. Um, I, I don't think it's completely out of the question. But the real question now is Milik Chow. We say he's out for weeks here at the bottom. There's even more reports saying that his season could be over if it's more severe than they thought. He has to get reevaluated regarding that. But he was leaving this San Ciro on crutches, I believe. So again, and Kiera Kiera has a muscular injury, and we'll get into what the Frosinone preview is as well, and who's going to be potentially playing there and what Pioli was alluding to in his press conference today, mm. telling the media that they didn't know about, you know, a formation that he tested. Great, great job. So Stefano cracks me up sometimes with that kind of stuff because it's like, okay, if you didn't want the media to know it, then why are you saying something like that? It's just mm. it's just silly. Um but, yeah, Chow's out for weeks. I, I'm sorry. There's too many muscular injuries where it's not just strictly on one person with this, right, the, the strength and conditioning coaches. It, it also has to do with the workload and, and the schedule that FIFA give the give these guys. Uh, UEFA as well, you could blame. There's so much stress and tension on them. But if we really look at it and what Semper Milan put out with that, and, and this was also just, what, a podcast or two ago, Matt, when we were mm-hmm. discussing how – Milan's uh, unique injury combination goes up to 24 total players. Um, some are repeat players that got hurt more than once. Um, but 24 injuries, and that was at that point, when you combine Inter and Juve, they're 17. Like, that just shows you that it's not just and, – and people are – and, Saj, I know you get this because your, your account's massive. Matt, you're not as active as you used to be. So, thankfully, you don't get too many idiots – but you see it time and time again from other fan bases saying, like, that they don't think it's unique to Milan. But it is. The numbers are telling you that. The data is telling you that. The types of injuries that are happening to these players tell you that. And, and we almost had this scare where Tomori almost came off the pitch as well. Thankfully, he's okay. But but even then, you see the report saying, like, Tomori's going to need some rest. But he can't rest. They don't have anyone for that. Uh, and, and, and that's a really real big problem and that's why they're in this crisis right now because one of my biggest question marks for the club coming into the season and i think we all agreed on this because i've talked to the both of you like separate conversations um was the defense and now the defense basically has nobody depth wise especially center backs um what do they do how do they survive this um Mm -hmm. They're fortunate that the Serie A schedule is a little bit weaker, but we know how Serie A is and we know how Milan are against sides like this. And Frosinone is no joke, we'll get into them soon, but my goodness, Saj, like what how how does Milan not even consider making a change with training? Like right I've, like I'm not saying I don't want people to lose their jobs, but someone's not being held accountable here and that's a massive problem.
2: I've got interesting stuff for you. I'm not sure if you've seen it. In uh, similar okay. data posted it, and it's basically a, uh, recording the number of games missed through muscle injuries since purely staff came into the squad. I'm not sure if you've seen it. but uh, it was...
0: Was, it, was, it, was it like a graph with like yes. multiple? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, I yes. So, up.
2: for example, the three seasons before purely staff came in, uh, we had, on, in 1920, we had 42 muscle injury, uh, games missed due to muscle injuries. The season before that, just 44. The season before that, just 49. So it was around the 40s, the number of uh, games missed due to muscle injuries. The season purely came in with his staff. That season straight away, on, uh, in the yes, that's the one. We had 86 games missed, then 94, then 100, 105, <laughs> and we're already on 50 this season. This is not normal. And I think it's, it might be purely staff at this point.
0: I man i also think this is i i agree with that i think it's purely staff but also at the same time milan style of football is high pressure a lot uh really intense uh sprinting you saw how leao got injured right because yeah, he's, and Chow he's, got coming injured. Up, he's coming up lame trying uh yeah. and lame just means like as in like he pulls he pulls a muscle it's just a term being used guys please like i'm not you know <laughs> um so with that like you know muscular injuries are going to occur more often when you play like that because of how often you sprint um do you what do you make of this like what like what do you what do you even do like like what what's your uh idea for the solution and by the way look at 2022 uh right there uh 23 with 105 like that's like what what are your thoughts on this like uh, this is clearly abnormal i don't even know how people argue this
1: it's a you know it is too it's a, it's a it's a miracle that Milan were able to win the scudetto in that in that season with 94 right i mean like you know people will say you know inter bottled it and you know they they let slipped up when smart. you have, when when you have 94 games missed in total for muscular injuries i mean that kind of in my in my view mitigates any sort of argument that people have that inter bottled it when we have guys on the sidelines Every game, I mean, you see who we're trotting out there. Not only is Simic potentially gonna get called up, he might even, he might just start. Like, this guy might just be starting significant gains this year. We're not far removed from Kamada being a starter. Like, we're, we're really we're really not. Get I mean, if Jeru gets injured, knock on wood, but if Jeru gets injured, now it's just Jovic and Kamada. And I don't know about you guys, but do you, you kind of just throw probably Kamada out there because he's fresh? And he can offer you something different maybe. But that's kind of where how dire it is. And I think something has to give here. I, I, I'm not saying that it's a Pioli thing only. I'm not saying it's only his staff. But you can't simply keep trotting out the same sort of plan and strategy, and mm-hmm. implementing it when it's not working. Something has to be done to at least you know give this to the fan base saying, hey, look we understand that there's a problem with the muscular injuries. We understand that there's players being banged up and all that, all that, you know, conversation. But at the end of the day, someone has to be held accountable. And if you're not going to fire the coach due to results and due to this, because he's owed what four and a half million and, over the next and, year. And other
0: options just not really exist. if, if right. right.
1: So, yeah. so what do you do? Like, i'm not saying that they're not having these internal discussions regarding making changes and trying to find a a, a solution to these injury problems mm-hmm. but 12 games become 18 18 I and mean, before you know it we're into the dog days of the season and nothing's changed and now we're going week to week and we're kind of holding our breath like who's next what key players next for the Going to be out for the remainder of the year. Uh,
0: the, 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 you, you hope it's not Tijani Rinders who's been playing so he often.
1: Got the guys, the midfielders, are two, especially like those box to box guys that are covering tons of ground. And you know, you mentioned Chow, Chow, and Rafael Leao pretty much picked up their injuries in identical fashion. The sprints, like Leao had a ball played in by Tommaso Pobega, he was sprinting all of a sudden, grabs the hamstring. Then all of a sudden, Malik Chow is running, hamstring, like. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physio. I don't know the solution, but I'd like to think this huge organization that we have here, all these new American minds, all these new people in here with the algorithms, like the algorithm, give me something. Give me a solution here because this ain't working.
2: I know people say that we sign injury prone players like RLC and your TV, brother, for which, is, yeah, <laughs> I mean, which is fair. But at the same time, First. did you know Benassem Magnan had no injury history before joining us? That'd Correct. Happen. No, no, no. It, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a point made. Kalulu. Yeah, you're, you're is concerning on. what's happening to Kalulu right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean Kalulu is yeah. another one. I don't think Tamori had an extensive injury history. Um, even layout too. I mean, obviously he's been here for years now, so it's a little different, but, but these guys don't have a history of it. Um, and, and these are things, you know, it's one thing where you're like Roma where like 17 different players are tearing their ACLs. That's such at that point, I just think you're cursed and you just have to get some yeah. Buddhist monks to, to bring some sage and get the, the evil spirits away. But uh, listen, there is a consistent issue here. And the fact that like someone was arguing with me, is shocker, Um, someone was arguing with me over this point that was saying that the players weren't prepared for this and you can't blame the manager and you can't blame the trainers. You never played a sport in your life and you should shut your mouth because you truly don't know what you're talking about in that sense. It's not always on the players like that. There are certain instances, like if you want to talk about Pato's story, Pato highlighted it and he talked about how he didn't take his uh, recovery seriously. These guys come back and they take their time. And even certain things like Manyan last year, guys, How does, how does he, he was supposed to miss like three weeks. The guy didn't come back till like March or whenever it was. Right. Remember that? Like, you know how long that took? You realize like there is something wrong with that. Players complain about the training grounds at Milanello as well. There's so many different things that have happened over the course of the past couple of seasons. And I think that graph perfectly highlighted it. Um, So transitioning from some of the negative stuff um, to more negative stuff. So Paolo Maldini um, finally comes out. Pretty much just like a tell-all situation. Um, this was to Republica. So with Maldini in this interview, he basically highlighted so many different things, the transfer markets, winning the Scudetto, obviously Redbird ownership, going from Ferlani, even back to Boban being mentioned and Elliott. Um, So initial takeaways, Saj, from this, um, there's never really a good time to come out and talk about your former employer and how it went down, especially this situation and this guy um, and what he means to the club what were your initial takeaways from his comments I know there's a lot to take in from what he said but was there anything that that you were overly concerned about and what he said um, regarding ownership or just the overall situation
2: uh, I'm glad he's finally spoken up and I'm glad it's not right after getting set. so it's, it's more it's more of a calmed down critique of what's uh, what has been going on. Uh, that said, I don't think it's also specifically targeted at uh, at Redbird Jerry Cardinale. Maybe it's a. Uh, he's pretty much. He was talking about his time with Elliot as well, yes. and what concerned me was how not hands-on the ownership has been. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, I, have, I have so much to say about this because it's. Also, well, that's
0: obviously... why we have a podcast. So... <laughs> that's true. Uh,
2: basically, I, I still can't get my head around the fact that Jerry renewed Maldini for two plus one, uh, two years plus an additional one. Yeah. If we mm-hmm. didn't have him in his long-term plans.
0: Yeah.
2: That... So I'm struggling to really try to... I'm really well to- even
0: even the communication yeah. part if i, I just want to help you out yeah. with that for a second right like where, where maldini says like i sent him four texts like exactly. they barely talked yes. so how how is that possible to have that amount of i guess bad blood between the two i mm. maybe that's a little bit exaggerated but clearly the working relationship is not great and then there was even the comments afterwards about for Lani and how Lonnie and him didn't get along. And then Scalroni is also stay, saying things like, oh, uh, we're more serene as a group without Maldonado yeah. <laughs> here. And it's really a backhanded comment. Um, and, and and to me, I think that's widely disrespectful. I don't even think... Um, even, even if this had nothing to do with football, right? Talk about normal average employment, right? You don't do that and say that about... But it's just not a classy thing to do mm-hmm. um, and say, especially publicly. Um, so... So, with that, and then Maldini's comments about Scarroni leaving the matches early is pretty funny. I, I just think that just makes Scarroni more, more of a Milan fan than anything because <laughs> some people turn off the games. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, listen, that's a fractured relationship. And for something like that to be released publicly doesn't help Redbird in this scenario.
2: I don't right? think we got an answer for why Maldini spe- specifically got sacked, if that makes sense. Could it be the Ketelaris signing? Could it be Pioli signing? For example, uh, Piolis- and you
0: mentioned Masada yeah. got fired too. So remember when the initial report said that Masada like chose to leave. Mm.
2: So the yeah. wording
0: and in, in, in phrasing of that and how that went down is still different. So, cause we heard like, Oh, Masada is leaving because Maldini is leaving. Um, but the way Maldini was saying this was that Jerry sacked the both of them. So I uh, Kind of turning into he said she said type thing uh, in the media, which is never great, and that's usually how these things go. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what would have gotten him fired because it was interesting. He also, again, there's Matt, and we'll take it to you here. Mm-hmm. He mentioned how. Um, he was supposed to present a plan on how to win the Champions League, and he did that, and he had a friend apparently as a consultant to help him do that. That person has not been identified, so I have no idea who it could be. Um, so him and Masada had to come up with this plan. I mean, bruh, they were cutting costs like Maldini mentioned, and they got to a Champions League semifinal. Doesn't matter the path, how you got there, they still made it there, in spite of all of that. So the sacking has to come from a standpoint of ideology, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's just a clashing of mindsets. I think, you know, look, Maldini's always going to do his job with the best interests of Milan. He's not going to – it's not like, you know, you're getting some outsider here. I mean, this is Paolo Maldini. He's got, you know, red and black embedded in his DNA. This is – when you think of Milan, you think of Paolo Maldini, right? So him stepping in as a director and winning, you know um, – a a scudetto as a director. And that's, that's, that's such a highlight as a Milan fantasy. Like it feels a little bit more different and special given the journey we got to that point. Yes. But also the guy in charge getting us back there. And I think, you know, that's kind of the one thing I've always tried to approach with the whole uh, situation is, you know, you can make your, you know, your, your, your case about, you know, some of the decision-making from Paolo Maldini on the market, yeah. Um, whatever the case may be, right. The move didn't work out, but I think he makes a, a pretty valid point in, you know, these players need to be, you know, nurtured. They need to be given that opportunity to grow and all these sorts of things. And we, we were, we were singing the same, same tune about Rafael Leal the first year. We were like, we were, there was conversations that he could have been sold. And we were like, let's give him one more year. And he had the breakout year. Right. Yeah, so right. I think that, you know, look, when you look at what Maldini did as a director here, I think th- knowing what he did and then reading what he did in his conversation to almost sort of you know support his job and yeah. what he did it looks so much more impressive than when i just read it i'm like whoa, the wage bill much better the champions league you know three three straight champions league uh, after uh, campaign, not making it for 7 years right after, after not after not being in the competition right then you have the semifinal run then you have a scudetto and then you get all these top players, the, the uh, value of the squad itself you know, Im- improving almost tenfold. And you think, and people still, again, people can have their opinions. I, I know a lot of people are trolling the Carloses, the Mujas of the world. I get all that. But I think when push comes to shove, given the budget restrictions that Maldini and Mazzara had to, to, at their disposal to build a winning team and to get the players they did, it's impressive. You can say whatever you want about, you know... Oh, well, I read, you know, he, he wanted Arnautovic and Berardi, but he also wanted other players, and he was consistently told, no, we're not stretching our budget. How many times did we see Milan linked with a player that Maldini, Moncada, and Mazzara really liked, but they needed to hit a different number, and we couldn't hit the number, we don't have the budget. So, at the end of the day, like, they're only working within the parameters of what they have with their budget – And you're starting to see here, I think the timing of it's interesting. I know people are playing conspiracy theorists and saying, you know, it's ironic that he's coming out now and saying when Milan are in such a, you know, difficult state, we were, we were having negative results. We were playing poorly anyway, but I'm happy that Maldini spoke out truthfully. I love Maldini for what he's given to this club over, you know, decades and as a director, and I'm not going to sit here and be one of those fans that, you know, you know, spits in his face and criticizes him because I think he always has Milan at at his best interest and at heart. And that's kind of how he ended it. You know, he goes, you know, this isn't going to, you know, you know, ruin my relationship that I've had with Milan. I love this club. And he, you know, kind of ended it in a way where he almost said like, but the, you know, the legacy of a club, the importance of the club, that also needs to be considered. And that also needs to be respected. And I think that was kind of a putting him, putting a bow on it thinking like, just remember what club this is. And remember how yeah. it's look, how it's being treated.
0: Saj, um, I think one of the, one of the, oh, the only comment I w- I would say that Maldini said that was like kind of incorrect um, was regarding the budget where he mm. said that it doubled after Ferlani said it wouldn't Paolo, I love you, but they sold Tonali for like 70 million. That's why the budget I doubled. It's not because like Jerry that. said here, take more money.
2: I would counter that. I would say our budget was about 50 to 70 million plus the sale of Tonali so the budget before that could have been 25 $35, plus the I, I think $25. it was just
0: going to be the same as it was the summer prior right with like yeah. the cdk like 40 million 50 45 to 50 yeah. 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 yeah yeah so
2: i think it, i think Maldini was kind of right in that cuz it could have been okay. Yeah, 35. I see
0: what you are saying, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think I think a little bit differently. Um and it's funny just by the way a report that just came out um from Sky saying that uh one of my uh, Milan's ideas is to recall Matteo Gabbia on loan uh, from Villarreal. So that that would be that would be interesting, it's but been
2: uh, doing good, you know, in Europa League specifically. Yeah,
0: good. yeah, that's where he's getting more minutes. He doesn't start regularly in La Liga, so mm-hmm. maybe we'll see something a little different there. But any final thoughts on this Maldini thing? Um, I did find it interesting about his possible new job. Um, that he just kind of like brought up. And he also like, maybe you guys didn't take away the same way I did with some of his comments. He kind of like left it like he opened the door to Hey, you know, like eventually things could change down the road. I'm not saying no to ever come back to Milan. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of like how he was saying like Saudi Arabia might be interesting. Uh, Going to another European team might be interesting. Obviously there's the rumors of Manchester United were the only other team that I saw um, that's not an Italian team because he said he's not working for another Italian team. Um, I don't know. I think this does ultimately put more pressure on management and ownership at this point um, because – I I don't think Maldini looks bad here at all. I I don't think how he can look negative in the, in this scenario. I think, I think he gave a fair assessment of what happened. I think he gave mostly facts with this. Um, and and again, I think he left it to a part where he didn't criticize someone enough to the point that there's bad blood with it. He was just Mm kind of like, Hey, this is what happened. I, I tried talking to guys multiple times. I did everything that they asked and I was still shown the door despite all of that. Um, and, Matt, you're 100% right. If you went through a checklist of every single thing that that guy and that management accomplished um, before and after, um, and we were Maldini defenders for a big time. I know most of us were. Um, again, ignore the Twitter trolls with that. We're not saying he's perfect. Certainly not. Um, but I think he did far more good than he did bad. And and I think that, that viewpoint of him after he got sacked was really skewed by a good amount of people and I thought it was unfair. I also um, think
1: too um I I'm, I I'm not going to say, you know, that the players felt a certain type of way uh about his dismissal, you know, the professionals they have a job to do. You know, we've seen, you know, certain instances this year, you know, the social media posts where, you know, players are, you're shaking hands with Ferlani, like everything's good and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just reflecting back on that you know, on that on that announcement of his dismissal. I mean, you saw what with, with some of the, the the social media posts. Some of them were more so thanking Maldini, like you know, like Teo Hernandez, obviously his relationship with him and Mike Magnon. But even like Rafael Leao, where he was doing like the whole like I'm not going to say anything and like you're not going to hear about it now. But I think had have, have you know maybe a player leave in the summer, maybe like a tail gets sold or Magnon gets sold. I'm sure that's going to come up in some sort of conversation. We're like, dude, did the impact of Maldini leaving, you know, leave a mark on your your time at Milan? And the, the players were revered. They respected him so much that I think in even in difficult moments during the season, he felt like one of the leaders in the locker room still. You saw him after the Scudetto, right? Like he was in the locker room with, Pimovich and that felt like he felt like he was like living vicariously through that team because he's experienced such highs with what like the players have. So I think there's that sort of connection that, you know, if we look at, if we're being honest about the entire situation that we're in with the team this year, you know, we're lacking that. I know Paul uh, Pioli saying, you know, I have to trust of the players and, you know, the players are showing up to do this, uh, that, and so on and so forth. But we're still missing that, that presence in the locker room or even that, that is talking to the players on a consistent basis on the training ground like Paolo did about, you know, what he can do to help and how, how involved he was in the day-to-day of what Milan was trying to achieve in that Scudetto season. I still think truly we're missing that element on this team. And that's why I think in a lot of these games, we, we struggle with the mentality. We struggle to, to to stick in and to really get the results that we need because we're faltering in a lot of these games. Where a couple of years ago, where the going got tough, we kind of stuck together. Like, know, like like the so two nil
0: blown leads that we've seen. So right, hard. we
1: were we were we were bending, but we didn't break. We were able to like the 1-0 games, like defend our asses off and get the result. This year, we're 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 succumbing to a lot of the issues we have with injuries, but also poor play, and we're losing these games and i think that really feels like it has a difference on this team versus previous ones
0: uh saj any other final comments on uh, this maldini topic or anything regarding the management or this situation in general
2: uh i would say uh despite how much i love maldini milan does come first so if we do end up winning the league or doing really well this season it's only good news so
0: correct I agree with that. I agree there's with that. No,
1: there's no, there, yeah. There's, there's weird people in the sort of Twitter space with Milan where you know they'd rather see the team lose just to suit an agenda. Oh well,
2: yeah.
1: I hope we lose so Pioli gets sacked. Well, that's kind of ass backwards. That's stupid. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. Like it's not just a good thing. <laughs> if if Pioli wound up navigating the season and we somehow get top four and we get out of the group and we make, I'm like, you I'm going to, I'm going to be happy with that. I'm not going to be, well, Peoli's the coach. So I don't like it. Like that's stupid.
0: I I, I agree. A hundred percent. And, and I think that's the men, I'm not trying to tell people how to be fans, but I think that's the correct mentality to have. It's not, I'm not saying you have to like every player. I'm not saying you have to like every manager or director, any of that. What I am saying is I think you should want Milan to win every single match that they play. And if you don't do that, I'm questioning your fandom. And and I'll be blunt about that, so I don't mind. Um, so speaking of matches tomorrow, Frosinone, Milan. Frosinone is a good, fun side to watch um, if you if you are an avid Serie A watcher. Um, Matias Sule from on loan from Juventus has been definitely the young player of the year so far. I would say mm-hmm. in Serie A, I think he's been widely impressive. Um, he's really carrying them. Di Francesco being back in Serie A is is also fun to see in that sense. Just, just in terms of like his historical significance, I guess you could say, from Sassuolo, obviously what he did at Roma, and then over here. Um, this is a tough side, and they're not going to back down. Milan have a ton of defensive injuries. We don't know for sure just yet. The rumors are that Simic is tipped to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some positive things to come from this. I do think you see Francesco Camarta actually get minutes in this one again. I think he'll come on a little bit earlier. There's no doubt in my mind that Luka Jovic starts. I don't see how uh, there's any other way Pioli would bench him with this. Um, we're at San Siro. This is again a must-have three points. There's some big matches within Serie A as well this weekend um, that that have implications for top four. I do I do believe Milan will eventually right the ship and finish top four. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they don't finish in Europe. I don't I don't think they can. Uh, well, actually they can finish in Europa League if it's a draw. Um, but hopefully they don't. I, I really don't want to see them in that competition. But as far as Frozinone goes, most of the starting 11 um, that you saw against Dortmund is going to be for this game. Um, Matt, Frozinone is not easy. Do you trust this defense if Simic starts in this one? No, no.
1: <laughs> and that's no indictment on Simic. I think we saw some good things with him in um, the preseason, but it's a different animal, different expectations, different pressure to play to. Um, you know, it's, we saw Pellegrino, right. Pellegrino was a, you know, small summer signing and we had injuries mid game against Napoli. He comes in and he looked not ready. <laughs> yeah. He did not look ready. Of course he gets injured. Of course he does. Right. So when you kind of put everything in the pot here, given our form, given, you know, the uncertainty with the coach's future, the results being, you know, very lackluster, um, you know, for, for a while now, as Saz men- mentioned three wins in two months is simply unacceptable for a team that has ambitions to do what we want to do this year. Um, I just don't feel good. I mean, and, and you, I, I've i been trying to lean in the way of saying, despite some of the issues, we're going to find a way to just rise above it. And we're going to get a result. It might not be the sexiest result, but we're going to get a result. And that's what I thought about in the Lecce game. We spoiled it. That's what I thought about in some of the other games surrounding that. And we just haven't done it. I, I can't give, this team the benefit of the doubt any longer because of the injuries and how you know how much of a toll it's taken. But also the mentality is not there. A lot of the players that were you know achieving great things a couple of years ago, the Tails of the world, some of these players are just not playing at the same level. Even Mike Magnon, I know he saved us in the Fiorentina game, but he's looked more human and more you know you know good average most times you know, this season versus previous ones. And you kind of throw everything together like how much more can you put on Mike Magnon's shoulders to save us? When the defense is going to be under pressure, the midfield you know, hasn't been the same. You know, bar a couple players, maybe here and there, like Ruben Loftus-Cheek has probably been our best midfield this year. Binders mm-hmm. has fallen off a little bit. He had you no know, his goal against Lecce. I think he's
0: going to be exhausted, man.
1: Like, we're, yeah. with, this team is depleted of not only its players but just energy. And in in some of these games where it's like, guy, this guy's got to play the full ninety again. We don't have the luxury of depth mm-hmm. that we thought we were going to. But I've learned long ago that no matter how much depth we get, we're ne- we don't have enough this, with this team to overcome with the medical issues. Um, with all that being said, I see more of a draw in this one. I mean, I think if Frozen on a team that that you know they have this little bite to them. They're newcomers to the league or returning, you know, yeah, returning the club, yeah. club to the league. But I think at the same time, they know they play a pretty good, attractive style of football. They know they play a style of football that can garner uh, goals, chance creation. And I think they're, they're, they're going to seize the moment. They're going to look and think, man, we really have Milan in a bad spot here. We're going to go after them. We're not going to sit here and play, you know, this pragmatic style of football. We're going to go after them, but we're going to try to score goals. And if we lose, we lose. Like, But we're going to go for it. And I think that's what Milan are going to really struggle with. So I'm actually going to go probably a draw here. And I'm, that's probably me being generous.
0: Okay. Uh, Saj, Um I- yeah. yeah, go yeah, go for
2: it, everything. <laughs> I think a lot of people are underestimating how good Frozenone is. I'm not sure if you've seen the table, but they're just two points off of Atalanta and Fiorentina 30. and three points behind Roma and Bologna, surprisingly. Also, they sit above Lazio. So they've been doing really well this season. That said, they've been on a roller coaster of a form at the moment. So hopefully that should bode well for us. They're one of the best attacks in the leagues. Surprisingly, just two behind Milan. Two goals left than Milan. But they have one of the worst defences. Well, not
0: league. that surprising with our finishing. Yes. Yeah, I get your point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the the X factor for me for this game, though, is I believe purely beat the Francesco 7-1 with, her, uh, with Fiorentina. Yeah, his-
0: um, yeah, that's the tip of... That's a one. He purely has certain games with the teams that he manages. I know Inter, when he first started out, he was winning games like by yes. insane results too. So that's... And I think his biggest margin of victory at Milan was against Torino uh, when Rebic had that hat-trick. But uh, yeah, so, you, so you're feeling good about him against Steve <laughs> uh, I'm right trying
2: right? to be positive. That said, Fusinoni uh, Pren- do have an, an interesting crop of players. They did loan quite a few players from Juventus, Napoli, Atalanta, Real Madrid, even Ibrahimovic at Fresno is from by Munich. Yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah. they've got
2: quite an interesting squad. I wouldn't say ambitious because they're all from Lona, they're all kids. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, if It's progressive.
0: It's it's not your typical... It's like, like, it's they're game not game like game. Some um, learning
1: Tana, who are just sure, like... Sure. But they're also showing too. They're not just trying to, hey, we're just happy to be here and yeah. we're going to be a team that is, you know... Uh, well, if we get relegated, we get relegated. I think they're trying to show that they want to have staying power and they want to stay up.
2: Mm-hmm. And on um, people as well, so that's something to be
0: aware of. This guy, Saj, Giancarlo Simic, not related to Giancarlo, our friend on Twitter. <laughs> um, despite that, I, I you could uh, I already I'm not gonna lie. I gave Carlos some good ideas uh, just in case there might be a, a mistake. Um, listen. We know he's highly touted as a youngster. Um, he's done very well at Primavera so far. I thought he looked, again, it's it's preseason, but I thought he really looked exceptional. And there's certain things that you want to take away, and he was very calm and composed at that moment in time in which he got that opportunity, regardless of who plays for Real Madrid or what month it took place. And it's just nice and refreshing to see from a youngster, especially at this position. Um, they might not have a choice, Saj. Are you okay with this or do you prefer some type of different back line where we're seeing rumors of Teo in a back three uh, with Tomori yeah. and who knows, uh, that third center back might just be Calabria at that point or Florenzi. Um, would you so start Simic in a back four?
2: Uh, so I did see the the, the not the rumors. Matteo Moreto pretty much confirmed that we did try Teo as a center back. But I think we will play him as center back by the time the game ends. If that makes sense. So, I do think we yeah, yeah, will you're... start the game. So, uh, that said, when we did watch Simic play in preseason, uh, he did very well in the first half versus Real Madrid. But then, once they brought, brought their big guns, you, it's, it, it's not surprising that we conceded afterwards. And then, against Juventus, when he got subbed on, I think he did pretty well then. With the yeah, prima- it was
0: it was interesting cuz Milan I remember that Real Madrid game this was the Pioli stuff Pioli played the like, guys like 70 something minutes and like Real Madrid yeah. were like bringing on fresh players in, <laughs> yeah. in July yeah so it's sorry bad. Bad.
2: uh also then in the primavera this season he's been doing really well in the Champions League which is actually uh, I mean PSG and Dortmund have some of the best academies yes. in the world. And he did really well there. Also, in the league, the only two games Milan did win were the two games that Simic was not available. So maybe, maybe there's something to him, hopefully. And we see we see the next big thing. That said... So, so we you're see, saying this
0: injury we, crisis is a good thing for Milan because Simic uh, will be the next day
2: We did see Gabby and Partisaghi recently as well, and they didn't... They didn't really convince
0: yeah but... barta i think was uh Left back. Think he was the reason yang got that red card because he didn't properly come out or head the ball back to him um but i mean mm-hmm. less than what he's 17 eight, eight yeah. years
2: old so, yeah. oh, he's he's also doing well for his national team as well and pfft. so fingers crossed hopefully he's good he did join us just last year maybe moncada has something cooking for us <laughs> that's the plan <laughs>
0: Chef it up cooking, man. Hey, oh, me. Hey, hey, listen, eat he, Moncada. You got to say, really lackluster when it comes to offensive talent, but the defensive talent and the eye there has been pretty good. I mean, Kalulu's been strong. We love what we see from Chow uh, mm-hmm. prior to that injury. Um, so I really like where he's gone there. Um, Sant'Angelo, there's some positivity, right, guys? Beneser, we're talking about some, you know, like influx of, you know, something, so anything. Um, I would be surprised if it's anything 20 minutes or longer. Um, your real quick thoughts on Benacer. Um, obviously, you already thought there's going to be a draw for this um, before you head out. So final thoughts with Benacer and everything before we end the episode.
1: Yeah, um, it's refreshing, man. I, this is a player that I you know, loved. You Even know, with, with the hype about his move was, was awesome when he moved to Milan. Um, he won the AFCON player of the tournament for Algeria. They won the tournament that year. Correct. Um there was a lot of buzz and excitement. And you know, this is a, a difference maker in the midfield. He was a difference maker for us on many occasions in the Scudetto winning season. Um, you know, he's essentially the last of the three, right? He's the last of that three core midfield that we had in that that, that title winning season, right? Cassie's gone, Tonali's gone, like Ben mm-hmm. is the guy that I think can come into this team and really make a difference. I mean, um, we know the impact he can have. We know how great of a ball carrier sure he is abusive he is. Um, you know, in, in possession, how, you know, he's very press resistant. But I think I want to throw it over to you guys real quickly. I know you said, Martino, like 15, 20 minutes is probably what we could cap him out. And we're going to ease him back in. Um When he's ready, what would be, would, would, what would your ideal midfield three be um, with Benacer? Would it be Loftus-Cheek, Reinders? Would it be Musa? Would it be Adli? Um, what do you think?
0: So me personally and Asajar, I'll just say real quick. Reinders, Benacer,
2: Loftus-Cheek. Mm, okay. Like that. Completely agree. <laughs> completely agree. I don't think I really like Adli, but I don't think he's starter material. He should always be first choice. So, someone who. I I, I agree
0: with what you're saying. Oh oh, so I almost forgot about some of the questions. Um, but Matt, um, any other final things that you just wanted to say? We can't really read some of these questions, Antonio. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Okay. So you could you <laughs> could if you if you listen long enough, bro. I'm not reading some of the stuff that you that you said. Um, so with that, I think one of the comments was uh that that's good and pertains to what you were just saying, Saj. Kroonich, would you sell him out right in January?
2: He should have been gone in the summer. Because yeah. if if there's a player that doesn't want to be here, I think you just you should let him go. It's, especially for his age, I don't think he really fits in uh
0: and he wants a lot
2: of money, too. He wants more money, money yeah. I, and I think purely wants to keep him for some reason. I, I, uh, I
0: yes. you, you, know how, you know how managers go with certain <laughs> players that they love at the end of the day. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the only question that is kind of relevant for this match. I, I apologize to everyone else um, with that. But... Uh, yeah, so so again, I I think Kroonich, I totally agree with Adley. Um from what I heard and read uh from the Stortman match that Adley like looked immediately better than some of the other options that were there and everyone's like how how is it possible that he's still not getting minutes? But again, it's I criminal, digress
2: though, with on that. The bench for an entire year, over uh, with Pobelgastan over. <sighs> it's criminal. I just it's get
0: it's, it's unfortunate. Um Matt any other work coming out that you have um, that people should be on the lookout for aside from your handles that we've been showing at AC and, um, um, and Santangelo?
1: I put out an article um, last weekend on Kamara after he made his his debut um, so you guys can read on in that uh, just kind of my my point of input on um, him in his moment but also you know the expectations and ultimately you know how us fans and how you know, we hope that we can kind of you know take care of him and not give him these sort of unfair expectations because he is still a kid. Um, that was for football, Talia. So you guys can go check that out. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else I'm working on? Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at nat underscore Santangelo. I'll be dropping it there.
0: Awesome, Saj. Uh,
2: you, you pronounce can...
0: your you pronounce your Twitter handle because I'm like you could
2: only find me on Saturnian thirteen. I think my name's floating down at the bottom, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and I like my anonymity hence why i haven't shown my face but thanks for having me on of course no
0: love you um it's always great to talk i mean we literally i talk to you almost every day so (laughs) (laughs) so at that point um again uh I do that, well, well, we're not going to have, uh, your brother on, uh, so a lot of people are still not going to, not going to believe that. So I'll, I'm going to leave them up to to their conspiracy theories about you guys being one person. Um, so even though I know the truth and I I won't reveal, um, but again, yeah, guys, um, that Milan podcast, Saj, again, it's that Milan podcast, the state of play podcast. Unfortunately, it's no more, um, pet matt and i are obviously still great friends so um it's just unfortunate that that project hasn't worked out but again you can find us on spotify and apple podcasts if you like to listen to us on there um and again obviously every full episode gets uploaded here from now on we're probably going to be fridays for the time being and if anything ever changes we'll let you guys know we're probably going to go live i'm going to go live at the very least tomorrow after the frozen on match hopefully it comes with some positivity there any other final thoughts from the two of you before we head out or no?
2: Score predictions.
0: Uh yeah, St. Angel had a draw. I think what did I say? I tweeted out three-two Milan win. Um, Sule got two goals, Simic has a goal line clearance, and Kamar the scores the winner, is what I did. And that's just a crazy one, but you could you could go for yours.
2: I'm going for the exact same thing. Three two <laughs> thing. Simic <laughs> is gonna be either really good or really surprised. Really
0: uh how many oh yeah quick how about this question um if we see kamarda i think Kamara absolutely absolutely features in this one especially if jovic is struggling uh again shocker um how many minutes for kamarda guys 15
1: yeah, yeah. i
0: think 15 would be shocking i think we'll go around 10 again um but, well, but yeah, again, he came on in the
1: 83rd minute and then he had seven minutes of an injury that's,
0: that's true yeah um with this, I think this might be Camarda's last appearance uh, for 2023. Mm. I do think when we we let him you know, kind of marinate a little bit more, it was just an injury crisis now, and obviously the suspension with Giroud. When they go back to three options, I don't think they're going to be using him. I think he needs to grow further at the youth level. But other than that, Saj, we appreciate you so much for coming on. Um, again, everyone, go and follow him there. The link is in the description. I oh, want again, shout out to uh, Smelly Morelli, by the way. Um, the Rafael Leal sweatshirt came in. It looks great. I gave him this idea. Art, I don't give a shit if you're going to refute it. I told you in the DMs. um, Do something with surfing. He did. I held up my end of the bargain. I uh, I purchased it. It was great. I think he has t-shirt versions of it as well. I'll have that link in the description as well. as Saj's Twitter. uh, The article linking to Maldini's interview with Semper Milan as well. Other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you very much.
1: Wait.